hit that huge bang three? Is yeah. that what you were going for? No. Does it matter? No, obviously, I mean, it doesn't matter to me whether it, as long as it goes in, but for me, whenever it's in the air, I thought it was all net, uh, which is crazy. Uh, I caught glass in my head for the people who were wondering, but uh, I, I definitely, uh, I thought it was all net. How did it feel to hear the MVP chance? Oh, it was cool. It was, uh, that, was, that, was, that was pretty cool. Um, I was mad I missed the free throws. Um, yeah, I was mad, but it was good. It was good to hear. Uh, it was pretty cool. Trey Young is a stone cold killer. Uh, I think. You know, amidst all the things that have happened since the start of training camp, uh, up until the Hawks going 2-0 in these first preseason games, I think the thing that I'm most impressed by with respect to Trey Young is how competitive he is. Uh, you heard a little bit of it in that MVP question. You, know, you heard those MVP chants after playing a ridiculous game. And of all things, the thing that sticks with him is that he missed that free throw. He wanted to make it. And I suppose you could say that maybe there's a big difference between 39 points and 40 points. But I think he just wants to be great at everything. I think it pained him a little bit that he was such a drag defensively last season. And on a night when he did quite a bit for the Hawks, maybe we should start with his defense. Because I do think that he's a better defensive player this year. And get excited by the little things that he does on defense. Uh, you know, first of all, he's executing the game plan, and you can't really come up with two more ideal opponents for him than Detroit without Blake Griffin and Orlando, uh, because in a lot of situations, whether he was out on Brown uh, for the Pistons or Fultz for the Magic, he was allowed to go under screens. Uh, but still, he's doing a lot of little things. Uh, he drew a charge. I think it was on Evan Fournier. Uh, that was great. Clifford challenged it. It was still a charge because he did a great job moving his feet. That's something that he can do even though he's not super strong and he's not big. He can move his feet. Uh, he can fight over screens with his speed. It's exciting to see him doing those things. There was another play after an offensive rebound. The Magic, you know, one of the Magic bigs had, had got an offensive rebound, brought the ball back down, which, okay, kids, you're never supposed to do that. But because he did, Trey Young got in the paint and punched it away. Uh, which is great to see, you know, just, just that digging in effort. There was another play where he did kind of the same thing to Fournier, uh, you know, on a drive, got a nice clean slap at the ball and poked it away. They called a foul. Uh, I think if you gave the referees a second chance on that one, looking at it on video, they would see that there was no way there was a foul on that. So, you know, again, for, for both Trey Young and for the Hawks, you really can't envision two more ideal offenses to play against in the first two games. But, you know, credit to the Hawks for doing it. They did the damn thing, Trey Young included, played defense. And and on a night where we could say, you know, Trey Young is, uh, you know, through two games, the most valuable player of the NBA, and through two games, he's the leading scorer in the NBA. But, uh, you know, it's it's good to see him play an all-around game. He's He's not a person out there trying to pad his stats. He wants to be great at everything, and he wants to win. And, you know, more than anything else, that mentality is going to serve him well. He will get better at everything because he wants to. When you listen to NBA players and coaches talk to the media, I think one of the things that's the most useful and the most honest is when you hear coaches talk about players on opposing teams. For instance, tonight, for instance, tonight Lloyd Pierce talked about Jonathan Isaac 
and he heaped the praise on mightily. And, you know, well-earned praise at that because Isaac, on the defensive side of the ball, is an absolute monster. Pierce called him an all-world defender. I think if, you know, if he had to put a gun to Pierce's head and say, you know, pick first-team All-NBA defense, you know, from what he said tonight, I think he would put Jonathan Isaac in that mix. And he said that the Hawks succeeded in part, especially in the first half, because they were able to just get Isaac out of the actions, you know, run things where Isaac wasn't going to be involved in the play and defending the play. The flip side of that, let's take Magic coach Steve Clifford talking about Trey Young. Once we started, you know, blitzing him and stuff, it was a lot better. Um, he, he had a great game. He got off to a good start. And, um, you know, our guys did a good job with him. I mean, we made two big mistakes in the last two minutes, things that we had done the whole second half. Uh, we let him get away from his screen once, and we went under once, and he hit both shots. And those are mistakes that you shouldn't make. Obviously, this is shortly after the game took place, and I haven't been able to go back and look at any video. But I think one of the things that helped early in this game with respect to Trey Young is that they were using him off the ball a lot. He would pass it, go through you know some action, and get the ball back. Trey said after the game that the Hawks scripted a lot of their first uh, few offensive possessions to try to get a feel for what the Magic were going to do defensively. And it, it involved Trey working off the ball a lot, which... I think was very useful. He was getting some fantastic looks in terms of wide open threes. Uh, he also had to get into the lane and make a few floaters, which he did successfully. But I think any situation in which he gets to take some wide open feet set catch and shoot threes at the beginning of the game is going to do wonders for him in terms of his shooting confidence. Because once he makes some of those, then he can start to make the shots with the ball in his hands. And at that point, he's a pretty lethal offensive player and the only solution which is what the magic did was to try to trap him with you know some excellent defenders and get the ball out of his hands the magic used Markel Fultz a lot in the second half they used him late in the game just because they needed to have somebody out there who had a shot at guarding Trey Young and you know even when Fultz did an amazing job uh, late with a minute and a half left Trey still got lucky and banked in a three so kudos to him uh, that three points was enough to Push Trey into the scoring lead. He's the leading scorer in the NBA at 38 and a half points a game. That's pretty incredible. Trey obviously wasn't alone. Uh, you might look at the stat sheet for John Collins and say, oh, nine points. It was a struggle for him. And in a way it was, uh, the way the Magic had their defense set up. It was not easy for the Hawks to get the ball to John Collins. Uh, very early in the game, he just wasn't even getting touches. But with respect to John Collins, he was playing defense in this game in much the same way that he did at the end of last season. And it's good to see that continuity. I'm not sure that we got to see it in the preseason, but the preseason is the preseason. Collins was coming off a, a bit of a hip injury at that point. In the first two games, Collins has looked like an excellent defender. And if you had to pick between whether he's looking more like the defender he was at the tail end of last season or the defender he was for his first one and a half seasons, he's definitely looking more like the excellent defender that he was late last season. He had four blocks. He had a sequence late in the game where the Magic were uh, about to get a running layup from Fournier. Collins came in, made an incredibly high leap to get a shot that was well above the rim, knock it away. The Magic got an offensive rebound, 
Collins landed out of bounds and still had the presence of mind to come back into the lane, get in the mix, and because a couple of other Hawks were there contesting, he then got another shot blocked from behind. Just an amazing sequence uh, to have that kind of talent and that kind of motor together. That's that's a good combination. So nine points for John. That's that's a great night. He was plus ten, and he had twelve rebounds. So he was the game's leading rebounder in a game where the Hawks out rebounded the Magic fifty-two to forty-six, and you know that's probably not supposed to happen. Uh, thanks to Trey Young being a good rebounder and some gang rebounding, the Hawks did the job on the boards. But really, it began with Lennon Collins. I know Lennon only had four rebounds, but again. I think the Hawks are going to be a much better rebounding team with him in there. It takes a little bit more effort to knock him out than it does some other players. So when you have Lennon Collins out there together, that's a potent rebounding combination for the team overall. Cam Reddish started again, and he continues to be a potent defender. The Hawks entrusted him late when they got into some of their switching schemes. You know, he was one of the defenders on the floor, including... DeAndre Hunter and Vince Carter, which I thought was a pretty unique combination. Uh, Vince being older than both of those two combined, and yet somehow the three of them being out there uh, with the Hawks trying to preserve a lead late. Reddish just has a reach and an agility and a nose for the ball and a feel for the game of basketball and an awareness where he's just going to constantly be a pest to defenders. He'll make passes difficult in a way that the Magic often do for their opponents. Uh, But Cam Reddish does that sort of thing, and he's entrusted by Lloyd Pierce in some key defensive situations, even through the first two games. He also had a couple of plays that he's going to need to make, which was, you know, when Trey's being blitzed, uh, he's going to be catching the ball with the defense trying to shift back to him, and he'll have the defense off-kilter a little bit, and he's going to need to drive and attack the rim. And he did that successfully. And even when the help came, you know, he was going up high to successfully finish. He made three of nine shots overall. But in the second half, when he was driving, he was a, a potent player. So it's good to see those plays from Reddish. And, you know, DeAndre Hunter is just a grown-up. You know, just seeing him up close, it's unfathomable he, he's 21 years old. I mean, he is absolutely ripped. Uh, it's astounding. Uh, He does not look 21 years old. And you look at the stat sheet, and he's like plus 33 through two games. I mean, the Hawks just play better with him out there. He made three or five shots tonight. He has a tendency uh, maybe to not finish through contact at the rim. I think it's his his inclination is a little bit to kind of go up and under and back around to his right hand to finish, which... You know, he's big enough and strong enough, and he gets high enough that he can finish that, but he might get a few more foul calls if he just tries to go up through the contact and cram it. Um, but, man, he's impressive. It was also good to see Red, uh, sorry, to see Hunter uh, just attempt an open three late. Like, in a key situation, under three minutes, you know, he got the ball, he was open from three, and there was just no hesitation. It's like the right play is to shoot the ball here, he shot the ball. It didn't go in, uh, but some shots go in and some don't. He he just did the right thing there, I mean, which is the very DeAndre Hunter thing to do. It's like, what's the right thing to do here? DeAndre Hunter does that. He's, he's like a basketball uh, textbook.
after the game, Lloyd Pierce, you know, when he was talking about Jabari Parker, again, you know, heaping praise on Isaac uh, in tandem with talking about Parker, he's like, you know, Parker just couldn't get any clean looks tonight. But what he praised Parker for was just kind of having a nose for the ball and getting what Pierce termed dirty looks, you know, just, just junk, right? You know, have a nose for the ball around the rim, and when you get it, go up and finish. Jabari Parker did that, and he did it to good effect. Uh, Bruno Fernando tweaked an ankle in this game, had to leave. I think their official report was he wouldn't return, but Chris Kirshner, if you saw his tweet after the game, talked to Fernando. Fernando said he didn't think it was an issue and that if he needed to play, he could have. And in seeing Fernando after the game just kind of walking around in his flip-flops casually with his, you know, feet hanging over the backside of his flip-flops, you know, that's something that you wouldn't see from somebody whose ankle was in dire straits. So I'm pretty sure he's going to, you know, it's whatever it is, it's not going to be any kind of huge long-term issue for Fernando. So that's something to, uh, to take a little joy in. Glad he's not hurt. It was good to see Kevin Herter. You know, if you watch, you know, watching Herter shoot before the game, just kind of in warm-ups, you know, his body language when he would shoot, if he went in and fine, if he missed it, you could just kind of see the agony in his face and in his shoulders. And it's like, oh, you know, he's feeling the struggles. And, you know, I think in the 48-minute course of this game, I think he's finally just starting to feel it for the first time. He had 10 points, 4 assists, and an incredible block in a late-game situation where he came up on Vucevic from behind. And it was a good enough block that Lloyd Pierce called him Kevin Matumbo after the game, so... Uh, I think Pierce enjoyed that very much, and honestly, that one block was the truest sign that maybe this game could be a slump buster. Uh, I think Kevin's going to be just fine, probably starting with the very next game. Uh, he was capped at 20 minutes uh, per Lloyd Pierce before the game, and he ended up playing 20 minutes and 42 seconds. So again, you know, another sign that you know he's trending in the right direction. Uh, you know, it's a good sign that he played all the 20 minutes that he was going to be allowed to play, and then some by 42 seconds. We saw our first glimpse of Damian Jones this season. This actually happened before the Fernando injury, and we might have seen a little bit extra after the injury. But, you know, he made a couple of shots in the paint, both of them off of terrific assists from Che Young. And again, you know, as we saw with Jabari Parker in the first game, some of these guys come into the Hawks, when they play with Trey Young, they realize, oh, he's going to make my life easy. Obviously, they're in two different situations. Damian Jones having played with Steph Curry and Jabari Parker having played with Michael Carter-Williams, Brandon Knight, Matthew Dellavedova, and so on and so forth. You know, that's quite a stark comparison there. But everybody in that group, Steph Curry included, is... You know, none of them are as good of a passer as Trey Young. I mean, Trey can really find guys in spots. And so if that's going to be a draw for the Hawks in the long run. I think players are going to want to play with Trey Young. Nine assists tonight, but really in the situations where he was called on to make a tough pass, he made it in almost every situation. It's a little bit weird that the Hawks are going 12 players deep into their rotation. Everybody but Tyrone Wallace saw action tonight. Two-way players, Charlie Brown and Brandon Goodwin, were the inactives. But when I asked Pierce a couple of weeks ago if he planned to use a sort of a, an exploratory deep rotation 
early in the season, he said no, he wasn't going to. And I think we saw 11 players in the first game, 12 tonight. Part of that may be due to the fact that Herder's on a minutes restriction, and even some of the other players, I think Cam Reddish is still on a minutes restriction. But it, it, it's still a little bit uh, unusual. I suppose uh, if Herder could play 30 minutes and Reddish could play 25 or something like that, maybe he would use fewer than 12. But we're seeing very deep rotations early on and to good effect. You know, Vince played well. Damian Jones, you know, played well. He had a nice block shot. And as we mentioned before, those, those two buckets off of great assists from Trey. It does not get any easier for the Hawks at this point. Their next three games are against the 76ers, the Miami Heat, and the Miami Heat. And so if you look at the Eastern Conference standings, there are not very many undefeated teams. But the Hawks, the 76ers, and the Heat are three of those teams. In fact, they're the only three teams. So, uh, you know, coming off of two games where the Hawks played against offenses that were Suboptimal in you know the Pistons without Blake Griffin and the Magic tonight, you know those were not two good offenses. They have much bigger challenges ahead of them in the 76ers and the Heat, and then the Heat again. We're gonna find out. You know we're gonna see what the Hawks really have here uh, in advance of a brutal West Coast road trip that is looming around the corner. I'm not sure that anybody thought the Hawks would be. 2-0 at this point, simply because they started the season on the road, and then they had to face a Magic team in the home opener that has really been their kryptonite since Lloyd Pierce took over. But they did the thing. Trey Young, I don't know how long he can ride this hot streak, but if he does, you know, the Hawks, the Hawks are a real team. I mean, he's a potent offensive player. If he has his jump shot going, and if the defense continues to look as good as it has, then the Hawks really have something. But the offenses that are going to face them over the course of the next week, they're the real deal. Uh, the 76ers and the Heat, once they get Jimmy Butler back, uh, those are two real teams. So enjoy the 2-0 start. Let's see what happens over the next week. And then I think you're going to have a really, at that point, you'll have a really good picture of what the Hawks might be able to do this season. Are they a playoff team? Are they not a playoff team? Let, let's see what happens over the course of the next week and uh, enjoy it. The Hawks, the Hawks are fun. They have the leading scorer in the NBA, and they put, a, they put an interesting product on the floor. It's, it's an interesting time for sure to be a Hawks fan. Uh, rate, subscribe, review. I think I did those in the wrong order. How about subscribe, rate, review? Uh, as always, uh, thank you for listening. I know that I always uh, ask you to come back soon and listen again, but at the same time, you know, one of the things that I would also ask is you go back and listen to the last couple episodes. I think we had a couple good ones over the past week. I enjoyed the conversation after the game one win with Tyler. I think we got into some interesting points on, you know, what the rotation might look like and who should start. And then in the uh, in the episode before that, some very interesting audio and, and topics there as well. So uh, keep listening. Dig back if you like what you hear. And uh, as I said before, I hope you're back here again sometime soon. Thanks for listening.